Hey guys, Stephanie Michelle here with another episode of Finding the Funny. This is one of those episodes that just pulls at my heart a little bit because Maggie now lives in Texas, but not that long ago she was performing comedy in California as part of the creative team behind Killer Unicorns and I never got to meet her. So I'm so excited that I got to have this chat and connect with a new comic that used to be local, but without kind of rambling on too much more, enjoy the episode, guys. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and get started. So I'm Stephanie Michelle. This is a new episode of Finding the Funny, and this time I am joined by Maggie Mayfield. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I went like a jog right before this and then I was like I need to eat something so I'm stuffing my face with banana isn't it attractive <laughs> it's um not the worst thing you could be eating right now I know every man listening right now is like mm, yeah banana great perfect. yeah no <laughs> they all have a very attractive image yeah. in their mind so you're fine <laughs> yeah yep, thank you thank you anyway it was good it was good banana <laughs> that's it's important there's a lot of potassium um mm -hmm. So I can't complain. I mean, <laughs> so how are you anyway, doing? Um, doing good. Hanging out here in Austin, Texas, and uh, we just had snow a little while ago, which okay. I didn't see coming. Um, because you think Texas desert hot. Um, but no, we got like full on Midwest snow. It was awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? Because you're originally from California, correct? Sort of. Uh, okay. I'm originally from New Jersey. Okay. New Jersey, then... Born and raised. Then California. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm from everywhere, really, because okay. I worked in radio for a long time. And then, uh, yeah, it just brought me all over the country, like Arizona, Illinois, Wisconsin, Seattle. <laughs> so there you go. Well, that's so you are very... Uh... All American girl. Continental. <laughs> Continental. <Yeah. laughs> and I'm like, did it have you going outside of the continent? That's, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, not, well, I guess for work, but yeah, like Canada, Mexico, Australia, Puerto Very Rico. Cool. So doing, working in radio, what did you do in radio? I was an on-air personality. Oh, okay. Well, then this just fed into the rest of your life perfectly. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I started really young, like right out of high school. Um, I had a brief stint in community college and then found a radio broadcasting school in Southern California. And um, I just turned out, I was just really good at it. Like it was a <laughs> nine-month program and I got a job doing part-time stuff before I even graduated. Like it was three months in. Oh, wow. And I got a full-time job like almost immediately after I graduated. So, and then from there, I was like, I want to do all the things. And, uh, and to do that, you have to go where the work is. And that meant leaving everything, you know, and starting over in small towns in the middle of the country. So. <laughs> oh, wow. So what was the jump that made you get on stage for comedy? I was going through a divorce oh, and me too. I found, yeah, I found that I didn't have enough time on the, on the radio to like say all the things I wanted to say. So uh, that, and you have to be very like PG rated on air. And yeah. so in a bar, it was like, oh, I could say anything. So Okay. That's amazing that yours was like a divorce too. What's that story? Yeah, it was a divorce and then a dare. Oh, 
Yeah. My cousin had was doing stand-up and was like, hey, you should get on stage. And I thought she meant in the future. And she wrote my she name met. down for that night. Oh, my gosh. Um, do you re so do you remember how the set went? Do you remember, like, any of the jokes she told? Yeah, I do. Um, it, I got laughs. And I joke about this all the time, actually. But the, I was at Flappers in Claremont before, when it still existed. Right. And the uh, person, the only person whose face I could see, because the way the lighting was in that stage, you can only see, like, the few first faces in the audience. Yeah. The only face I could make out the first time I got on stage uh, was another comic, and he was autistic. And oh. made no facial... Oh, no, nothing, nothing, no facial uh, recognition of any joke. Um, he also hated eye contact and I could not break eye contact with him because I was so nervous. Um, but I got laughs and I just remember like getting off the stage and telling my cousin that I hated her. Uh -huh. And then now I'm still doing this. So obviously yeah. it worked out. So how did you because you went from a divorce also? Yeah, no, it, just like I said, it was like, I had a lot to say. And I, uh, at the time, I was working, this was in uh, central Illinois, in um, Champaign, Illinois. And I was, I, I hit the glass ceiling, I was running my own radio station. Oh, wow. And I was working with the Champaign-Urbana comedy group doing some marketing. They had their very first festival come through. It was like five days, nine shows, um, like three or four different venues. It was pretty amazing. So I was helping with their marketing. And after that whole thing, and I performed, I was on an improv team at that time. So I performed on one of the shows um, and attended all of them. And I was upset at the end because there were only like three women in the whole festival. And okay. I was like, uh, where is everyone? So I was like, well, I guess might as well do it like and I didn't tell anybody I told no one I just signed up for the next open mic but there was one comic friend of mine was there and um nobody hated me I felt better like saying <laughs> all the things I had to say I don't I don't remember if like anyone laughed and I was like oh they don't hate me and my one comedy friend that happened to be there too he was like oh my god it was so great and I was like cool I guess I'm gonna do that again and here we are so so it wasn't part of your plan it just you fell into it also Exactly. Yep. And exactly. now six years later, right? Yeah. You're yeah. still loving it? It's still. Yeah. It's like an itch. I don't know about you, but this pandemic has been tough. Yeah. It's been really. Which you released, you released an album in the course of this pandemic, correct? Yeah. And it's yeah. called Pandemic Girl. Girl. 
to help her mood. So she tried her hand at banana bread, but she didn't have what she needs. Can't stand living in a bubble. Please, sir, stay six feet away. But she had to go to the store, or she'd risk so nice to bring that up thank you so much <laughs> well it's uh i was gonna say it's also one of the songs that you sent me because one like i love going over everybody's jokes and it's so catchy ha <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you um yeah we don't have to play the whole thing but um <laughs> so i i i write parody songs yeah. um because I feel like part of the joke is like, oh, I recognize that tune, but then I use it in a way that's um, that's different than how you know it. So like everyone's in on the joke. And the thing is, is like, I don't play guitar very well. I also don't think I'm like a hilarious comedian. So <laughs> when like you lower the bar in your on your guitar playing, because you're like, I'm really a comedian, but like you also lower the bar because they are like, oh, she plays music, so she doesn't have to be that funny. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, people are, oh, they always walk away like extra impressed because the bar set so low. They're like, well, well I don't know what this is going to be about. <laughs> like, I like that you set the bar lower for yourself and you're like, so everybody's fine with it because... Well, you know, like you always see, like, like, I don't know about you, but before I started playing guitar, like you'd see a musical comedian come on, and you're like, oh, God, prop comics, you know, and like, there's always this like stigma, like, this is not going to be funny. Um, a lot of times, you know, it depends, it, whatever, but I feel like I'm very surprising. Um, yeah, I feel like people see me walk on stage like, great, this is going to be a long 10 minutes. Uh, but then it goes by so fast and people are surprised and they're like, yeah, that was cool. Like, it was way better than I anticipated. So, Well, I love how much energy you have. And it seems like just that alone makes you interesting to watch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you Listen, add a guitar you... <laughs> and you add the funny things and it just becomes a whole package. Well, listen, like if you've been sitting in a padded room by yourself since you were 18, 19 years old, you get a little weird. You know, it gets a little weird. <laughs> You're in California, you know, like you yeah. probably, do you know um, K Rock 106? Yes. Okay, so like maybe five, six years ago, Jed the Fish was on the air. Uh huh. Uh, and he did like afternoons for a long time, and he's got that like out of order countdown or whatever. Um, He's the same way. Like, if you listen to him, that guy's been on the air for, like, 40 years. And he's just weird now. You're like, someone needs to talk to that guy, <laughs> you know? Uh, so that's what happens. I think I got out in just enough time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, enough time to make me entertaining and not creepy. Like, there's and a balance. Weird, right. 
not like a weird cat lady yet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> there's still not time. There's anything wrong with like cat ladies, but uh, there's still time if that's a goal for you, though. Right. You know, my mom is a cat lady by accident, and like the goal is not to be my mom. So <laughs> I just like, yep, I know. <laughs> I yeah. Uh... I get it. I love my mom. And there's times I'll do something and I'm like, oh shit, I just became my mom for like five seconds right? there. You, it, it, you, it happens. It sneaks in so crazily. Right. Right. Ah, uh, I know. And they always tell you like, I don't know about your mom, but she always like, I hope you have children just like you. <laughs> like, uh, I, I have kids and my daughter does stuff all the time. And my mom just looks over and goes, you were the same shit. And I feel like that I'm on the other end of that statement. Yeah. Do you wish that on her? Do you wish? Um, no, I don't wish this on anybody. Oh, <laughs> no, I, um, no, I, I love being a mom. I think it's so much fun, but, uh, I have a, a, a daughter and a son and my son is like this loving, sweet, the world Aww. is made of like sunshine and, if you're sad, a hug can fix anything. And yeah. my daughter is scorned, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah. She's yeah. just an angry little angry little person <laughs> who's She'll all about cry. creating. We'll you see. guys will be so close. We'll see. You'll it's be a, so close. It's a she's she's funny. She's she cracks me up because she's always like, I'm gonna be a guest on your podcast. I'm like, you have to be a comic first. And uh, her response is usually like, okay, well, start taking me to open mics. And I'm like, I'm not ready for you yet. Uh, you're nine. So that's yeah. fun. Oh, my God. That's adorable, though. It's, yeah, it's adorable and terrifying because my kids have been raised around Marines and comics. And that means their filters are broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you probably get great phone calls from school. Yeah. 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 No, oh my I God, do. that's amazing. And, and actually, the teachers have just added me to their phone, so I just get messages directly from the teachers now being like, would you like to know what your daughter said? And I'm like, should I? Should I know what my daughter said? Oh, how do we even? Yeah. It's, she doesn't get herself in trouble. She's smart yeah. enough to not get herself in trouble, but her sarcasm is on point. Yeah. Do you joke about your kids on stage? Do I you do. Talk about I yeah. do. I'm pretty, I'm pretty honest about my whole life Yeah. on stage. Do you, yeah. so, cause I know like most of the stuff that you talk about, you talk, or one of the other things you sent me was you sent me a joke called the name game. Guys, how are you doing? My name is Maggie Mayfield. People tell me all the time, they're like, that's a really cool name. And I don't have the heart to tell them that I had to get married to get it. And it was the longest 13 months of my life, you guys. I didn't even know that it was cool until my ex-mother-in-law put the paperwork. She was like, you're going to need to give that name back. And I was like, mm-hmm. I already bought a website. <laughs> $30 a month. I'm committed, you guys. Just not to your son. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a younger sister named Felicia, and growing up, we like to play the name game, except you can't play that when your name is Felicia, because it's weird. Felicia, Felicia, Bubble. Like, you can't do that. But when your name is Maggie, this is what it sounds like. Maggie, Maggie, Bobaggy. Banana fan of a faggy, seaside so saggy, Maggie. It's been a lifetime of emotional eating for me. I didn't know, though, that the best revenge was going to be written for me in 1995 when Ice Cube wrote a movie. 
And now every time we go somewhere, she orders the Uber on board. Like, I make her order the Uber. Because there's nothing better than watching, like, the driver just salivating, waiting. So we can get out of the car so just can be like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> so you're talking about your name versus your sister's names and kind of how that all played out. So do you get into, like, a lot of the nitty-gritty of your family and, like, growing up and stuff? Um, I have so many songs that I've written, like, like my parents used to grow pot in their basement. <laughs> um, and my sister and I thought it was just, I know she's like dying. Uh, we thought it was herbs for dad's spaghetti. Like we just thought it was oregano that they were growing down there. Um, but they were like full on drug dealers. Like we didn't know. So I've had songs written about it. I just don't know what to do with them yet. <laughs> okay. But it's coming. It is coming. I... That's like messed up. Like your like your uncles are coming over to like hang out and they're all drinking their scotch or whatever. And then like next thing you know, like half of dad's oregano is gone and you're like, oh, are we still gonna have lasagna this weekend? Like because <laughs> I was kind of looking forward to that. But yeah. Yeah, that's really like that's really messed up. And then like here's another crazy thing that would happen. Okay. Like I didn't know about I didn't know about weed. Like somehow my drug dealing parents we're so good at like keeping my sister and I in a little bubble. I would go to high school and people would be like, why do you smell like weed? I'm like, what are you talking about? My parents smoke cigarettes. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know what weed is. Well, the way like the morning routine would work out is like, I would shower at night so I could sleep in longer while my sister got ready in the morning, you know, pack the book bag. And then we were out the door. That's Mm -hmm my more that was our my morning and so i wouldn't rinse off mom's weed you know from the night before right and i told her that later she's like oh my god if you had said that i would have stopped smoking weed i had no idea it's so embarrassing like well oh my gosh that is so how does your family feel about you doing comedy and talking about that on stage um they (laughs) uh you know my my dad is so cute and supportive and he'll try and like add tags, which I think is cute. Like uh, yeah. I tell this whole Jake about like, this whole joke about like cupcakes or cake, cakes in it. It's, it's very dirty. Um, <laughs> so he, he's really, he's really fun and he'll like try and like tag in, but it's always like wholesome, you know, like his ideas are so wholesome. He's like, you should sell cupcakes after, you know? And I'm like, great. So everyone just is like ruined birthdays and weddings forever forever um of course (laughs) my mom she tries to be such a good sport and she's like you can make fun of me all you want she's like if ellen DeGeneres' mom can handle it i can handle it and i was like okay and like one time she came and i just went off about like all the shit of my mom and like it wasn't funny because it was kind of like mean uh it was one of those like cycles where it was like i don't really like you as a person right now mother um oh no yeah, and she didn't come to a show for a long time after that. So, yeah, I, it's better that they just don't. They're like, that's cool that you do it. Um, we just don't talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> you, I'm sure you get the same thing where they're like, they're like, oh, you can use that in your stand-up if you want to. Like, that's about the extent of it. Yeah, my parents are pretty on board. I remember the first time they saw me, though, I did change jokes. Like, because I had a joke talking about one night stands. And so, of course, because they were there, it was like the only time I've ever had a one night stand ever. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm a good girl. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, granted, it was it was a joke about my ex-husband, and so my dad thought it was extremely funny. But yeah, it yeah. was, uh, yeah, I definitely remember doing that, like, changing jokes and being like, okay, we're going to make it so that you don't hate me at the end of this. Right. But I got super lucky. One of my grandparents came to one of my shows and sat down and was like, don't censor any jokes because I'm here. And I was like, okay. And he said, yeah. because if you censor a joke because I'm here, you don't deserve to do this. Oh, I and love that. I was like, that is the best show of support. And yeah. also it really changed my love of comedy and being like, oh, I have to make sure I'm worthy of doing this every day, getting on stage. And so that was like the coolest thing for like support. But my parents still like try to be like, that's not exactly how that happened. And like, you suck. You're <laughs> so. like, I know it's called storytelling and I'm going to tell it how I want to tell it. And, so. it was like, and it wasn't as funny that way. <laughs> so exactly, exactly. We embellish. It's called it. But so yeah, I got pretty lucky early on. Um, and I think I only have like one family member that won't come to things. <laughs> but other than that, I got and lucky. I don't know about you, but like, cool, good. I'd rather talk to strangers. Like, I, I don't... do. <laughs> you like when your family comes? No, I like strangers more. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't, thanks. I appreciate this, but like, go home, you know, like, let me, let me, let me be myself and like make money and then I'll send you some, you know, like yeah. that's how this works. <laughs> so you also sent me one other joke called Naughty Christmas. That's another one of your songs. Oh, not going home for Christmas this year. Won't fight the crowds at LAX. The planes don't go, cause there's too much damn snow. I mean, really, Chicago Harry have to mess it up for everyone every year. So I'll stay home and have incredible sex. We'll do it to the soundtrack of Little Drummer Boy. He'll go for Babe, please go down. Santa Claus is coming to town. Well, it might be a white Christmas after all. Let's rock around your Christmas tree tonight. Won't let those jingle bells turn blue. The best sleigh ride you didn't have to buy. On my knees, let it snow, let it snow. So when your mom's like, we planned this back in September. But you smoke so much weed you can't remember. Worried it's a silent night, but everything will be alright. When you send this in a very naughty text. All I really want for Christmas this year. Is my clip to look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Put your little Saint Nick in my mistletoe quick. <laughs> so funny. And pretend this is our last Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. How was that changing up a Christmas song uh, for 
for as a parody yeah it's actually my first original song like i created the the melody and the lyrics it's my most artists do it the other way they write all their original songs and then they cover a christmas song um <laughs> i was like no we're going backwards uh, i like it <laughs> right start at the top um okay so i worked in los angeles for quite a while at coast 103.5 which is a notorious station for flipping to christmas like first week of november yep no i know yeah. that one yeah <laughs> so i work there and i am a part-time jew which just means that like we really only care about jewish stuff at hanukkah yeah. <laughs> um basically my mom was like i want to light all the candles and then my dad was like not enough lights let's go to home depot and then that's that was what December was like for me growing up. Um, okay. So uh, working at that radio station, I was so ter I was so grateful to have a job, but I was there was so much anxiety building up about like how am I going to deal with like two months of Christmas music? I don't know if I can hang. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. And let me tell you, Stephanie, it was the most amazing experience I've ever really? had. Absolutely. If you want to find spirit working for Coast 103.5, yeah, I think even just being a part of that radio station, listening to it, the, the contest and like the energy and the excitement, like mm -hmm. there's nothing like it. And it is our Super Bowl time of the year. Like I, that's the day, the week that we decide to flip, everything starts changing. Everything gets busier. There's so much more. There's so much stuff to do. Oh my Parades gosh. To be at, right. There's like so many different ticket giveaways sales is in your face all the time like there's just so much happening and the whole southland just like lights up but the big joke is that like well how do you do two months of christmas songs it's like well there's only 60 songs with 600 artists um yeah. <laughs> and so to me a lot of those titles are very, very dirty <laughs> um <laughs> And surprisingly, like most Christmas songs are written by Jewish people. Go yeah. figure. So, um, so yeah, so I just wound up taking the title of a lot of these Christmas songs and mm -hmm. I turned it into a blowjob song. <laughs> there you go. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> loving that Christmas gift. So it's fine. <laughs> well, this was the second year just this past, um, Christmas, but, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I think next year I want to make like a music video for it and the whole Christmas we'll album. Is that is that on the on the podcast? Uh, I don't know if I could do a whole like comedy Christmas album. That'd be a lot. <laughs> There's, I definitely have one in the works. Um, some ideas that I've been penning, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, I love it. So, when you go to a show and you show up with your guitar, do you ever have any bookers that are not aware that you were a parody comic? Or yeah. Just... So yeah. how does that go over? So I'm new to Austin by like two months. Like I'm brand new here yeah. right, from Southern California. Um, and there, like that's where I started guitar comedy. And here, Austin has such like a, a vibrant music scene as well. So when you go to an open mic with a guitar, everyone's like, um, this isn't music. This is stand up. I'm like, I know I, I do comedy. I promise you're going to laugh. So <laughs> every, every mic that I've been to so far, people are like, uh, you, you're at the wrong, you're at the wrong place. I'm like, no, I promise. Let me put my name down. I won't bore you. I promise. <laughs> I want to do more than two songs. It'll be good. Five minutes. Let's go. Um, 
so yeah, so that's that's the thing. And then same reaction, like every time, like every show that I've been booked on out here so far, um, people come up and they're like, I'm a guitar comic too. That was so amazing. Like, uh, I would love to jam sometime, which is amazing. It's, a, it's just, um, people are surprised. I don't think they're ready for me yet here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, so how actually, because I mean, you're you're getting to experience Texas comedy when everything is still kind of closed, but how is it comparing to comedy that you were doing in LA or like the comedy scene in LA so far? Girl, <laughs> if you haven't heard, like 50% of Los Angeles is here now. Like, Oh really? Joe Rogan is here. Yeah. I saw that. Kill, Kill Tony is here. They're running that podcast here. Um, uh, there's so, there's so many, comics here from LA like some of the the introductions that I hear on the shows like oh like open for Eliza Schlesinger or like performed at Flappers or did this I'm like oh yeah this is LA you know like <laughs> LA they were just infiltrating the comedy scene here um the guy that ran the dojo of comedy in LA like he's here oh wow uh, right there's just there's a lot so um so what's not that big I, of a difference I, then <laughs> yeah and but here's the thing is like I don't want to I don't want to like give this secret out because it's, it's so amazing, but somehow, uh, and maybe because it's not, not a performance town, like it, the, the capital is here. So there, uh, a lot of big tech is here. Um, so it's not, everyone's not a performer, right? Like you yeah. go to a show in LA and everyone's like, Oh God, comedy again. Like, ugh, you know, and yeah. like it at the bar leaves, but here they're like, Oh my God, art. It's so amazing. And they tip you like every oh. book show I've done. I've been here it's amazing whatever whatever they've whatever system they figured out here like I hope that they keep that going and I hope that LA just like shuts up and like helps raise the bar and like the talent level here mm -hmm. um because everyone's sweet just don't tell them that you're from California and they're like yeah we love you come in you know um, yeah I learned that uh when I moved around don't ever tell anybody you're from California because everybody else hates us uh-huh mm -hmm. it's a really weird phenomenon yeah it's weird yeah so like visiting in other different cities you say you're from LA and a lot of times people are like cool yeah we got a spot for you like that's very exciting and they're happy to have like LA talent or New York talent or whatever um and you can tell the difference the competition in LA is fierce oh yeah. you know it's so fierce and you don't even have audience that listen but here there's audience and open mics it's insane it's <laughs> unbelievable like so i'm gonna come so, visit you soon is what i just learned <laughs> yeah i if you have it's the it's a good time it really is a good time um and being a musical comedian uh i'm ready to go check out some of the music mics that are here as well because the music scene is so vibrant as well i mean they host south by southwest here it's yeah. just unreal it's unreal it's just cool that's so I, I dig it yeah and you used to run um, Killer Unicorns out here, correct? Yes, with Julia Pals. Isn't yes. she amazing? Yes, and she's come and been on the show before. And so I was super excited to get the other half of Killer Unicorns, even though you're not really part of it anymore. I know. And actually, that's her baby. She asked me to come on and help, like, run some stuff. And, uh, um, you know, put together, we just bumped up some marketing and put together some... I don't even know what they're called, but just some 
electronic press kits essentially mm -hmm. so that we could take the show and like travel with it but then you know the world shut down and then we couldn't do anything so here we are so do you see yourself running another show out where you are once everything starts opening up again oh yeah um i've run a show called the challenge mike yeah uh, which yeah which started in la and it is so fun like it is one of I look forward to it every week and it's, it's still fun on zooms. So we run it on Wednesday nights uh, at 8 PM Pacific time and audience is welcome. It just tends to be a lot of comics. Um, it is all improvised. And because you don't know what you're going to say, we just keep it private. If you're in the room, great. Um, but we don't run it like on social media. So um, I've written a pitch packet for it to turn it into like a TV show. It would be super inexpensive to, <laughs> to film. Mm -hmm. Um, so Comedy Central, I am waiting to hear back. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm working with the girl that runs the ATX comedy scene. ATX is Austin. Um, she runs that Instagram page. And so she's helping me look for a venue to host that here. So, so can you explain the challenge, Mike, to anybody who wouldn't really know what that is? Sure. The challenge mic is improvised stand-up. So comics come up and there's like a giant bucket and you pull topics out of this bucket and you mm -hmm. have five minutes to like rip. You can story tell, leave it in your own jokes. It doesn't matter um, what it is useful for in a, in an open mic setting. The longer you stay, the more ideas that you have, but it's, it's basically like an on your feet writing workshop is okay. really what it is. Um, but the way that I'm pitching it to comedy central is to turn it more into like a game show. So it's like, whose line is it anyway? meets stand-up um with really dumb prizes <laughs> so as one should have for stand-up yeah. competitions <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you like because i have a background in radio um i wanted people to come so i i i gave a lot of people i just gave away prizes um it didn't cost anything to go to the mic like i was just happy to have people there and like spread the word but yeah there would be some really dumb prizes like fake mustaches and um really off the wall books or DVDs, like dollar store stuff. You know what I mean? This yeah. like stupid, stupid things. And that was kind of part of the magic of it. Is like you'd stay because you don't know. Like, could I, could I win something just for like being here and participating? You don't know. So, so do you ever get any jokes from the challenge mics that have like actually made it into your sets? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. There's. <laughs> a lot <laughs> um one of my favorites is talking about and this isn't even like guitar stand-up but it was like uh oh just the one the other week I was talking about um electric cars and how I'm terrified of them okay because like, like how like I don't even know how long the battery and my vibrator lasts like how am I <laughs> supposed to know how long the battery is gonna last in my car you know like am I gonna be able to get from here <laughs> to like Dallas and back like I don't I don't know. How does this work? So. No, I love that. I was, I've been to a couple mics that are similar, improv mics and stuff like that. And it always surprises me how many people are like, I don't get anything from it. And I'm like, how many have you been to? Because I always leave with something. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I yeah. know. And I'm like, I feel like, I don't know. Because I know some people that love them and then other people that are terrified of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh. There's some formats I'm more fond of than other formats, but I always enjoy it. Yeah. I think. What do you mean? Can you explain that? Like So what? I've been to some and they had one and it was it was like 
just one word or one topic or a name and that was it. And so you okay. pull that. And I was like, that one was fun and I really enjoyed it because you think about something like on the spot with that links to that word. I went to one and it was a phrase, but the phrases were like jokes in themselves. Yeah. So really hard to expand on. Like, so one of them was like the tooth fairy getting a speeding ticket on the 60 freeway. Oh, and that's a like, lot. That's a lot to try and wrap a joke around. And you're like, this is, it's ridiculous. In the... So that I didn't like that for me, but I was, I always loved when people just like have a single word or like a topic that's really broad. It gives you kind of mm -hmm. a huge area to play with. Yeah, exactly. But exactly, I can't wait to see what happens with your challenge, Mike, and how that goes forward. Thank you. I'm excited. Do you ever have plans to come back out here and do any more work with Killer Unicorns and Julia? Um, mm -hmm. Just if you get trips out here? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on like when the world opens up, but uh, mm -hmm. we're looking at a at a trip in March. Okay. So, yeah, that's like two months, end of March, probably. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I hope I hope the world opens up because it would be nice to like kind of do both part time. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So are there's you... a lot of magic in L.A., you know. Oh, I agree. So how many areas have you done comedy in? Like you said you started it in. Illinois. And okay, Illinois. I was gonna say for some reason, like Indiana. I was like, that's not the right one. It was not coming out. No, so, but I've done comedy in Indiana. Okay, set um, in Indiana. Minnesota. Uh, Washington D.C. Orlando. It's just kind of like wherever I take trips. It's like okay. that's. Yeah. How is the different communities that you've noticed when you're bouncing around between all of them? So different. So different. <laughs> They're all so very different. Um. Yeah, they're all very, very different. Like, I don't want to put anyone on blast, but there was definitely like one community that was, there was one guy that was not from town, but he was running a club in that city. And he was very friendly to um, my boyfriend and I, my boyfriend at the time, um, he was very friendly to us and gave us lots of time. It was super fun to be there, but every other comic that was on the bill that night, like never introduced themselves. They left after their set. Like it was very yeah, it was very standoffish, and I was like, oh, okay, well, that's sad. Um, that makes me not want to, like, come back and play, you know, because, like, every time, I don't know about you, but, like, you go somewhere, and you're like, hi, I want to know all the people, <laughs> Yeah. Um, like, but that town didn't, so. That's was, interesting. Yeah, it kind of sucked. <laughs> that kind of sucked, but uh, everywhere, everywhere else, like, Orlando had some of just the most friendly people that you've ever met, really talented group uh really talented group down there. Um, here in Austin, some of the most friendly people I've met. Um, and again, it's hard to judge by like open mics and stuff because we're all working on new stuff. But yeah, uh, just really, it's really fun. It's really fun. So do you have any tips for navigating new communities or things that you've noticed have helped you when you're kind of traveling around and going to mics in different areas? Um. It definitely helps to run a show. Um, okay. And I say that because like, because getting stage time, especially from LA, like it's so precious, oh, you yeah. know, that time is like, so it's so hard to come by. 
and you really hustle to like get that time. So when you travel somewhere else and someone else is very generous, it's like, please, if you're ever in town, like call me, like, I want to put you on my stage, like mm-hmm. no questions asked. Right. Like, yeah, especially since you've seen them in their hometown, it's like, yeah. And especially being from LA, if you're running a show out there, like, yeah, who doesn't want to say that they were on a stage in LA? <laughs> like, yeah. Who doesn't want to say that? So that's, that is really helpful, but show up early, you know, be grateful, do your time, be friendly, be nice. Like all the professional. The same thing that you do. <laughs> yep. Yep. I always find it interesting because like whenever I go anywhere and you see, when you see a comic that's acting so unprofessional and it just like, mm-hmm. as somebody who book shows, it's kind of in the back of my mind and you're like, okay, I'm not, I don't want to book them. Exactly. Because they have yeah. so much drama. And you're, but you're like, you also don't want to say it out loud. You're just kind of like watching and you're just like, I see, I see that behavior and I don't want to repeat it. Exactly. And I think that's true for like any show or any mic that you go to. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know who's in the room. Mm-hmm. Sit down, watch, participate. And when you have to go, go. Like, be, be polite. Like, everyone's watching all the time. You know, like, yeah. you don't know who's in that room. So, yeah. You're at work. Be on your best behavior. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody uh, comment on like that they saw you at how per, how you were behaving at a show or anything like that? Or like this no. comment? I have actually had somebody tell me like that, like, oh, how professional you were was like made me like you before I even got on stage. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Like, I will take that as a note to still not That's be a amazing. dick. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. It's not like a show runs forever. It's like you're yeah. in and out in an hour, hour and a half. Like, sit down, clap, laugh, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> participate, have fun. Like, you showed up. You probably paid money to be there. Like, enjoy yeah. it, <laughs> you know. Do you ever deal with hecklers? Um, Sometimes. A guitar feels like a big barrier, you know, like, people are kind of unsure on, like, how to get in there you know like I got a song um hold on uh and there's a lot of like sing-alongs in my stand-up too so it's like you're already participating they don't need to jump in exactly exactly awesome do you have a story of your worst mom oh god girl yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) of course um I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Uh, It was at the Irvine Improv and I was so excited to perform. An old radio buddy of mine was hosting this big charity event. It was a cancer fundraiser. fundraiser, And um, I got to feature. I wasn't even opening. I was like in the middle. I was featuring. And um, I hadn't started doing guitar stuff yet. And I had just found out that my dad was diagnosed with late onset MS. And I was angry like I was just a really angry person my mom and my uncle wound up coming to that show like and and basically something along the lines I said was like like oh you think cancer is bad you should try having MS that's what my dad has and like it's not funny and the whole audience was just like what like do we feel bad for you like oh and I tried to like take it back and I was like, okay, stop. Like, just do the written material. Just do what you do. <laughs> you know, like do the written material. And there were a couple like scattered laughs in the back, but it was a very long set. And I stood oh out goodness. there at the end and I shook hands. And I was like, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And a couple of girls came up to me and they were like, we thought you were so funny. And I was like, you should have laughed louder. <laughs> you know? um, but they were very sweet, still fans uh, on Facebook. So, but oh. yeah, that was, that was a big, 
Um, yeah. Bombing is an uh, is such a weird feeling the first couple times that you do it. Yeah, and you have to. You have to. Has um, do you ever have newer comics come ask you for advice after shows? I mean, as somebody who's run shows, worked in radio, had all this experience that you've had. No, not really. What? Or, okay, so I mean, I if there, someone did. did ask about like running a show. Um, so I guess like, if you want the advice, like what that yeah. advice was. Yeah. What What advice would you give to a newer comic? Coming. If up? you're, it, oh, oh, just a new comic. Um, well, here we, we can't can even be, do the producing show. We okay. can go both sides. All right. Here's <laughs> the best thing that someone ever told me: If okay. you can't be funny, be interesting. Right. Okay. So. Um, and that's helped me like relax and like stop putting so much pressure to be funny. Cause like you and I we're funny people, right? Like <laughs> we don't need, we just have to like give ourselves permission to be interesting and the funny comes out of that. So if you can't be funny, be interesting, just be yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's my new comic advice, but for producing shows, like if you're thinking about producing a show, um, it's not just about like, it's not just about you. Why do comics want to perform on this show? Why would an audience want to watch this show? Why would a venue want to host this? Why would they want to give up their stage time for you? So suddenly, and then you have to really think about like, why do I want to do this? Because it's a lot of work. Yeah. But if you think like a business person and you're like, why is this valuable for the venue? Why is this valuable for an audience to come see and pay money for this? Mm-hmm. And why would a comic want to do this? If you can nail down those answers, you've got it made. Yeah. You'll always, you'll, you'll always succeed. Always. No, I love that. I know as, cause like I would run shows and I remember telling venues being like, if it doesn't benefit you and it doesn't benefit my comics, it does nothing for me either. Exactly. And I, I love that that's such a huge part of the package of Maggie putting on a show is that it has to have all of those parts. Cause I see a lot of producers that don't Take, Mm -hmm. even if you're missing one of those, I feel like you can feel it in a show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why are we here? What are we doing here? No, I love that. So doing the, uh, the Perry writing, is there any other types of things that you would want to enter or include into your act or your set or you going forward? Um, Yeah, I, I. (laughs) <laughs> I would love to do like the the main goal. This is what I would love to do is have uh, a Vegas residency at some point, kind of like okay. Bo Burnham. Um, and I would love to be able to play piano on stage as well. Okay. Um, oh, you can play piano too. Uh, barely, <laughs> uh, barely. <laughs> but I can barely play guitar. You know. Um, but like you know the journey theme when you hear it, right? So like you don't need to be able to play the whole song. You just need to be able to get the gist of it, right? If you're trying to tell a joke and that's, that's it. That's all that I do. Um, you just get the gist of it. So I want it to feel like a giant music lesson um, and play. Like when I was a young kid, my, my grandmother, she was a music teacher and we would sit in her living room and she would pull out all these amazing instruments that produce these sounds, you know, like the beads mm-hmm. that would go on that, um, that turning wood handle thing, Yeah, you know, I... and then like the duck where like you have the stick and you, it's like a washboard kind of, yeah. it sounds like a, like a duck, like how cool would it be to be able to just have this symphony going while you're <laughs> telling jokes at the same time? Like, 
uh, with like a minor light show happening behind you and everyone's just like, wow, this is that, this is amazing. I'm laughing and like, I'm entertained. Like that's the end goal, but I have to finish writing that show. So I don't know. Um, As you were explaining it to me, though, I had a very, like, beatnik type of, like, rhythm circle thing going on while you're saying jokes in the middle of it. Right? Like, wouldn't it be fun to have, like, audience come up and I'm like, here, this is bongos. Here's tambourine. This is what you're, you know what I mean? Like, how cool would that be? It would be I, a very interactive that. show. I would love to see that. Right. So, one day. One day it will happen. I don't know how. When <laughs> just has to be but in it, in Vegas, doesn't have to be on the strip, right? Because we can probably make this happen so much faster, right? Yeah, <laughs> just a residency of some sort. But like, there are steps that come with that, right? Like you have to tour, like you have to go meet people, you have to you have to build the show, um, and then sell it to someone that's like, yeah, we can market you, and we could we can get people to fly in from all over the world to come watch this. So, so have you been able, cause I know you said you've, you've done comedy places where you've gone for work has like the idea of doing like a straight comedy tour ever been something that you thought about? Yeah. Um, but again, like it's just it's, steps, <laughs> it's the step, right? Like, and as the, I don't know about you, but like deep, the deeper I get into doing stand up, the more you realize that it's a hustle. There's a yeah. lot that's going on. Like you're up and you're like, okay, well, if I'm, I was going to go on a tour, like what comedy clubs are open right now, A, yeah. and B, like how do I have enough like credit? Am I funny enough to be able to like do a 20, 30 minute set? Like, do I have enough material? Like, am I worth hiring? Can I take the time off from my like other job that pays bills Yeah, to like drive around, right? And do all this. So yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a big hustle. It's a That's big hustle. How do you balance it with maintaining a life and all the other stuff that goes with it? Like balancing comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you just have to learn to give yourself permission to like rest. And I think that's true with anything that you do, like rest from your family, rest from your job, rest from your hobbies. Like we're not all you know, quilting or glass blowing or running every day. Like we're not doing all of our hobbies every day. Like that doesn't yeah. make you a complete person. So yeah, you got to rest, give yourself permission to rest. Oh, definitely. So kind of got through some of your advice. You have such an amazing like background with the radio and all these other things. It's impressive. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite venue that you love to perform at that just, if you could perform there? Um, that's a great question. You mean like besides? Besides your residency Vegas. in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I know it sounds, I don't even know how this would happen, but like I would love to perform at the Grand Old Opry in Tennessee. Oh. I know, it's so like random. Like why I would I perform it. there? But yeah. <laughs> You know, you can find a way with your guitar. See, it all fits together. You never know. Maybe like one of their like side stages or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, that would be, that would be unreal. That would be like, yeah, dream come true. I'm, yeah, I see it. Like, I love it when somebody's like, my dream is to be on this stage that doesn't really do this, but I want to be <laughs> yeah. the one to make it happen. No, that's awesome. Um, what about you? What's your, what's your answer to that question? Um, 
if I honestly, it'd probably be at, like, I know, like, where I've been, where I love performing, like, the Ice House is, for some reason, that's just, like, the back room. It's just, I just love performing in that room and, like, like the history yeah. that's been there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want to say, like, the, like, the LA Philharmonic where they play, just because, like, the, how yeah. beautiful that is, like, that whole venue. Yeah. Yes. Like, I think that would be such a cool place, but I'm like, oh my gosh, could I even fill that space enough yes. to make it worth it like that would be the terrifying yes. part you can because you can. <laughs> you're delightful right oh, like and you're you. a hustler i can tell yeah absolutely so yeah no like that but it's yeah that 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 fear of being enough for that kind of a space would be that's... yes you are already oh. put it out you've already put it out there the universe it's, is already it's in there you. i can't it's already it working yeah so we i asked you about your worst bomb do you have a show that you look back at and you're like i want that show every night for the rest of it like that's just like your epitome of a perfect show <laughs> <laughs> i know it's a uh, weird one <laughs> um yeah I, it was actually just recently it was just in yeah in austin a couple of weeks ago at the g-spot comedy showcase okay. so it's like um it's an all-female lineup but um yeah, they let me do 15 minutes, which I felt like, God, it's not enough. Like I could do so much more, but it, cause it went by so fast. And I was like, I haven't even touched on so many jokes <laughs> and songs. But anyway, it went so great from beginning to end. Like the pacing was perfect. The laughs came, um, the audience was singing along like the whole time. It was, it was unreal. It was so, it was so much fun. I had such a great time. So if I could do that all the time. Yeah. No. With like with like fifteen more minutes, uh, then it would be <laughs> ideal. I I love that. I, I find it interesting because it's like we always remember those worst bombs, but like we have those moments too that you're just like, This is why I do it. This is Yeah. We need those reminders sometimes, I feel like. Yeah, exactly. Although like I don't know about you, but um I get something called stage amnesia where like, you don't remember how that went, right? And unless you listen back or watch it back, you're like, oh yeah. Cause it probably went so well that there was nothing memorable about it, except that you felt really good when you got off. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So they call that stage amnesia, yeah. I have, I maybe have a form of it. So what happens is, is I get off stage and I'm a mess. I have no idea why I do this because I have panic attacks before I go on stage. Yeah, I've like yeah. legit cried right before, cleaned my face, went on stage, did my thing. And then I get off stage and I'm like, that was horrible. I missed this joke. I missed this joke. And then I'll listen back to my tapes and I'm like, oh, I got laughs. And then yeah. I'm like, I don't know why I get back on stage the next night because I'll do the whole cycle again. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Um, So for me, I'm constantly like trying to be good enough to do it in the first place, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the writing process of it. I enjoy it, but I'm still like trying to not bomb. Even even if I don't bomb, I feel like I bomb every time I'm up there. You're so hard on yourself. I am so ridiculously hard on myself. Stop it. Cause you're so delightful, like and you're so beautiful oh. to look at too. So that Thank already you. like just makes you so interesting and <laughs> anything that you have to say mm -hmm. I, again, like be interesting, right? Like if you can't be funny and your stories are so great. Oh, so. thank you. <laughs> you're, you've got, you've got it going on, girl. You don't, 
don't don't be so hard on yourself. I like how I came in to interview you and you've been giving me a pep talk this whole time. Like <laughs> I feel like I just needed you in my life today. Um, yeah. It happened. I get it. Yeah. Sometimes the world just I know. Like, After I down. interviewed Julia, too, it was funny because I was like, I really want to ask Maggie to be on here. And oh. she was like, you should, you should, you should, you should. You guys would get along. It's like. Oh, she's so fun. Oh, my God. You want to talk about high energy. That woman. She's, yeah. Woo! She has a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and she's smart, just like a pistol. Just like, whoa, where'd you come from? I know. It's, I I laugh. And that's one of the things I think I miss comedy the most just because of conversing with comics. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's like, I catch myself calling her or messaging, like, example, Julia, being like, I just need somebody who's going to say something really crazy right now. <laughs> okay. And you yeah. never let me down. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's Julia. Oh, yeah. she's so great. God, I love her. And so, but it's, it's, I find it's important, especially in comedy, to see other females that are doing this and that we get along. And because it is a weird, we're in a very male dominated world. Yeah. How is that for you navigating that and kind of still being, because you're very feminine with everything that you do on stage, but it's not like an over, I don't want to say overwhelming. Feminine, because you're very feminine, but it's not like, because I've seen somewhere, it almost feels like they're forcing it to stand oh, out yeah. or pulling away from it to stand out. But you yeah. seem to be very natural and genuine on stage. I think that's a secret. And I think that's just because I've had years in radio experience. It's like, you just be yourself. Like, sometimes you want to talk about farts and sometimes you're like, I did my hair and it was awful. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, they can coexist in one person. Crazy. Um Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, for me, the hardest part is like, I, I also don't feel very funny. I don't mm -hmm. at all. Like, and I don't force myself to sit down and like write jokes. Sometimes when it comes, it just comes. And then I'll ask a friend, I'm like, is this funny? <laughs> and it's either like, yeah, that's great. Or like, I don't know, dude on stage. And if someone laughs, I'm like, cool, that's in my act forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't like, I question it all the time, all the time. Yeah. So. I feel like that's something that as comics we do. We question everything yeah. that we're doing. It's, it's why we get on stage, maybe. Yeah. Um, I have one more question. Oh. I know. Um, so my last question is, is, what is your end game? Where do you want to see comedy take you? To Vegas? To Vegas. Um, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. That's the um, end game. What's that? So that's the end game? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's eventually like where I would like to go. Um, and I would love to see the challenge mic on television and host mm -hmm. that. And that's, that's where I want to see it. Awesome. Well, yeah. I can't wait to see the challenge mic um, on TV. And if you get a residency in Vegas, it's only a couple hour drive and I will be there to support when that happens. I've got free tickets for you for sure. Yeah, for sure. See, as long I as think I'm this is the first time I've ever said it like, out loud recorded so now it's it's in the world we can't go back yeah yeah Stop it. we've now we're manifesting this <laughs> <laughs> you'll be in vegas i'll be at the la <laughs> but, but it's got, we're good perfect oh my all god right. you are so delightful thank you so much for putting this all on podcast is a lot of work it is so much work and you are just like killing it all these episodes so thank good. you i'm so excited that you joined me and I'm just going to talk soon and I can't wait to see more of what you have to offer.
Same, likewise. Likewise. And if you're ever in Austin, don't leave the city without we're we're gonna meet up. Absolutely. Awesome. I, will, I will make sure I come see you. All right. Well, bye guys. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Maggie. It was an absolute blast to be a part of. If you're in Texas, definitely look her up. And I'm hoping she makes a visit out to California to visit us soon again. I want to make sure to say thank you to Dave the Prophet for providing the music. His beats were provided by Curtis King. As always, I'm Stephanie Michelle. This has been Finding the Funny, and I hope you enjoy. Mama on the phone, it ain't no check to check No more Honda Civics, baby, time to whip that back Lyrics, beats, in the hooks, I'm a triple threat Glow up on my Jesus peace, now I'm living blessed Looney Ben, BYU, you know we down to ride Try to kill me with this mic, suicide Since I got on man, all I hear is fucking lies More money, more problems, fucking certified Doja Cat, throw it back, David blowing back, blowing up on Super Saiyan, but I'm fucking holding back. Never stop until I put my fucking city on the map. 3 a.m. on Ocean Air, put the pedal to the max. I'm good. I uh, I went like a jog right before this, and then I was like, I need to eat something, so I'm stuffing my face with banana. Isn't it attractive?